the good news is that space is fucking big. Hello and welcome to episode number 64 of Unrelenting for March 31st, 2023, one day short of April Fool's. No one is afraid of Russians. Is that true? Uh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, now it was reported on Bill O'Reilly's show this week that the Russian sanctions are working. Mm. I was unaware of that. Mm. As is the mainstream media, but the mainstream media, we know lies. I'm Darren there O'Neill. That, yeah, for sure. He yeah. is Gene Nevtuliev and he's awake. Woo! I am awake. Of course, the big news is the uh, is the clusterfuck that we like to call American politics. Because early yesterday, the day before, we heard, "Hey, the grand jury—they're going away. They're they're going on a hiatus for like a month." Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like. We're indicting. Well, that was the threat to the jury, you see. Probably. Well, if you guys don't want to agree, I guess we can, you know, have you come back in a month for another month or two. Yeah, if you don't want this, if you don't get this indictment done. Well, that's what they do. I mean, it's it shouldn't be the way it works, but the way it works is they will literally tell the grand juries that you'll be out of here as soon as you indict. Well, we see what they do when they show up at Supreme Court justices homes. This is the whole new concept of politics. And I don't care what side you're on. It should scare the hell out of you when intimidation has come to rule the day. Because yep. sooner or later, you're going to be overrun. You're not going to be in charge. And that's why it's interesting when you have such minority groups like the trans folk. Mm-hmm. The Latest story I saw this morning. Well, I, I wouldn't even classify them as trans folk. I would say trans activists. Yes. Well, There's this is plenty true. of people that just want to be left alone. Yes, it is very important to point out. Not everybody wants to go burn down schools because cis people are bad. I mean, and, like all black people. Right. Oh, that seems like maybe that was a overgeneralization, but uh-huh. people know where to find you if they want to complain about. Mm -hmm. But they're not used to jeans tossing out of the Molotov cocktails to see what comes back. Well, I'm just highlighting the way you're stating things. That's all. Yes. Well, CBS News, the story today, and I believe this could possibly be true, knowing how the mainstream media works, said the internal memos that came down said, whatever you do, do not refer to the Nashville shooter as transgender. And this to me just literally points out everything that's wrong with the way our system's been working lately. What's been wrong with the media and why people, one, don't trust it. Two people have turned away from it in droves, even over the last 12 months. Ratings are down on Fox News bigly. They're down even more on CNN. CNN lost in the 25 to 52 or whatever that big demographic is that everybody wants because that's allegedly the people with the money well what this is what's funny is outside of tucker 
on Fox. Tim Pool gets higher ratings than all the news channels. Oh, there's he no has question. More live viewers than every single news channel out there. Well, and it's beyond live. On. Yeah, just imagine when you add in the non-live views. Oh yeah, non-live it's millions, but live is like fifty thousand to one hundred fifty thousand people every night, and occasionally three hundred thousand people. If I remember the number correctly, for the cable news outlets right now, which would be MSNBC. Fox mm-hmm. News, CNN, all added together in that primetime slot. Mm-hmm. Four million people total are watching. I think uh, CNN was under 100,000. And that's just sad. We well, know podcasts that are getting way more. Well, we do know podcasts that are getting more. but Not I'm, this one. I mean, not this one, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> we're, you know, we're close. Yeah, we're getting, really. we're, well, we're definitely making up a lot of ground fast. Yes. Yes, but it is. Um, uh, what, what's amazing is that the ad rates for the CNNs out there are still higher than they are for YouTube, because people are still stupid and don't understand the new media. I guess they've concentrated the hundred thousand most gullible people possible in one place, and maybe that's worth more money. You're right. If you're watching CNN, we if you're know putting ads on there. We know you're going to buy shit that you don't need. We know you're susceptible to being scammed because you're watching CNN. But, mm-hmm. you know, you make a really good point. If I was going to put up an ad that I was looking for gullible people, CNN and MSNBC would be right on my list. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But when you have a major network news agency that is allegedly in this case saying don't refer to the shooter in Nashville as transgender. You're hiding a big part of the story because this is not just. So well, how should you refer to him as a trans shooter? I guess just, you know, as a person, you don't mention that they're transgender, even though mm-hmm. the person left behind a manifesto that seems to be all tied into the trans movement. So it's like, but then that's very they much lose that already. You're right. They're like, well, we, we can't release that because it's very dangerous. We can't yeah, have the people I here. I thought I read something. They lost it that they can't find it anymore. Well, I want to know. Here's what I want to know. How come a thousand different people haven't gone to chat GPT and had it spit out the manifesto and just put it out there like it's real? Because this is what we have now. We have an overload of just crap. But if somebody did we that, we have an overload of crap, you know, and it's like that's this is the All issue. Right, so you want to you want to start offending uh, CSB by talking about chat gpt oh, sure is i don't know if that would offend him i don't is he a big chat gpt fan i mean that's yeah. not that's not the end all in ai is it i mean it, it's not but it's you know i know that adam making fun of it definitely he dislikes <laughs> it's um and i do think now i will say for my part i do think adam's going a little overboard with the luditism here about uh what chat gpt is it's literally like looking at a a Lego construction kit that you can use to make an actual running vehicle out of them saying, well, this thing's stupid. It's not going to last. It's, it's got all kinds of defects compared to a real car. Well, no shit. Of course it's got defects compared to a real car. It's not a real car. It's a fake car. And there's advances happening on a regular basis. So at some point the, uh, the fake Lego car is going to be able to do the exact same stuff as the real car can. Where it's a building. So that's block. my analogy. In, in using cars to compare it. Uh, and it's also GPT, which is general purpose, um, which there are systems there are, that are AI systems that are out there that are specialized 
um, and they do much better in their specific area of expertise than the general system ever will. Right. It's That's knowing how to get the expected. best out of that, the technology. Yeah. Like we have vision systems that are so much better than humans at analyzing uh, images and movements and tracking things like on production lines or robotics and stuff like that. Uh, the, the latest generation of vision systems are all AI based. So you can't just poo poo AI because it, it forgets that, you know, how many times you were married or uh, whether or not you have a kid. Well, it's like poo pooing like, modern medicine. Let's just move if, away from the, yeah. the, the people that think, the whole medical community is trying to kill people. And besides that, there were early advances in medicine that killed a lot of people when they were trying to do all sorts they of different always things. Killed people. Medicine has always killed people for literally since the invention of medicine 2000 years ago. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. 3000. If you want to include Egypt, there was a uh, whole bit in uh, scrubs, which I rewatched recently. One of the best comedy I medical seen shows forever. Oh, it's yeah, a, it was pretty good. It, you know, and they were like the head doctor, Perry Cox. He's like, you know, mm-hmm. you are murderers because you're as doctors, mm-hmm. you are going to kill people. You will. Yeah, that's yeah, part of the absolutely. gig. And you have to understand that. And you have to be able to live with that where you might help 90 percent and 10 percent. Yeah. What you do is yeah, the, the reason that doctors take the Hippocratic oath is because they will kill people. It's it's not because they're better than everybody else. It's because they're worse than everybody else. And therefore you have to take that oath. It makes sense. It's you like cancer. Do the least harm possible. Well, yes. And but that look can at, still end up being death of somebody unintentionally. Oh, it's amazing when you look at like the treatments for cancer. It's like, well, the treatment for cancer is to put a ton of poison into people and hope their system can fight it off so it can beat the cancer as well. It's literally leeches. Uh-huh. It's the yeah, more modern version of leeches. Yeah. And probably works a little better. Let's just soak all the bad blood out of your body and then you'll be healthy. We'll just filter it out. We got to have a filter the whole point of leeches. <laughs> just, we'll just run that blood through this. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they are. I mean, that kind of stuff is coming. That's not quite there yet, but, um, well, there was some crazy there's story. Definitely blood rejuvenation happening in Mexico for a lot of people with money. On Drudge or off the press, one of those aggregators, I didn't Mm. read the story because I'm like, I think it's bullshit. But the headline was that, you know, scientists believe that Mm. within six or eight years, it was maybe Mm. even four that people can be immortal, that this is how close they are to the. I'm like, really? Mm, Yeah, that's bullshit. Of course. I mean, you may extend lifespans. uh, Then the question is, it all depends on your definition of immortality. I guess that's, that's, you know, you got to find your terms. Elon could put your whole being into mm-hmm. an AI and that could be, yes, yeah, going to exactly. live forever. Exactly. And so does that count? Maybe possibly. Um, now I've said for a long time that I think that most people don't understand the future of humanity does not involve any living tissue. Um, you think we're all going ultimate- into the matrix? No, I think we're going to be dead, but I think ultimately <laughs> the the, humanity, the we're all end, dead. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the end result, if we manage to not kill ourselves before it happens, uh, is to move to the next step in the evolution, which is silicon based, not carbon based. 
And uh, so this concept of clinging on to these, you know, wet computers is, it's anachronistic. It's like not really necessary. It's, un, it's not needed. Uh, progress will keep happening without any of us around. Well, the planet will be much happier without us carbon-based. The planet forms. doesn't give a shit, but the, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to anthropomorphize the planet. I mean, Al Gore is lying to us. Yeah, Al Gore. Al Gore is making good bucks. That even even though none of his predictions have come true, he's still making good bucks. I know he's, he's like selling the, and yeah, buying his carbon credits. I mean, this is because nobody understands history. I mean, if you would just go back throughout history, you would understand what history. snake oil his you know salesmen were. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. just watch some old western shows when the snake oil guy comes into town when there it hasn't rained in you know months. Hey, mm-hmm. I can make it rain if you just collect all the money in the town and give it to me. I'll seed those yeah, clouds. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is it. This is what we have now. And you would think that because we're living in an information age where it's never been easier for information to transverse the planet, mm-hmm. that it would be harder for those kind of folks to pull the wool over people's eyes. But no, it's actually become easier because it's the Internet where we go to get the verification when we hear oh my goodness al gore said the planet's got a temperature and it's gonna end if we don't do this well i go type into google what's going on and google spits out exactly what al gore wants me to see sure yeah but it doesn't really matter because we'll all be dead because this is this is a very fatalistic turn for this show (laughs) we're not really unrelenting anymore we have relented. We're all going to be dead soon. <laughs> yes, yes, we're going to be. We're changing the show name to relenting. Yes, we are totally relenting at this point. We've relented. We're done. We're uh-huh. all going to die. That's right. It's inevitable. This is why nobody should donate, or this is why they should donate all of their money because well, at this point you might as well donate. Frankly, because you're all going to die. You may as well get rid of all that crypto you've been holding on to. Everything's in the green when I'm looking at my little uh, stream deck today. Sure when, is. Yeah. When it comes to the Bitcoin, when it comes to the Cardano, when it comes Bitcoin to Bitcoin on the stream deck, that's funny. Yeah, well, it shows if you put in how much you have, there's a uh, plug-in or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. So you can see in real dollars as Bitcoin's yeah. going up and down how much you've got. Or you mean in fake dollars? Well, this, no, it's in the right fiat fund fake dollar equivalent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the AI uh, is, you know, I agree. Back to that. It's a building block. It is an interesting look at what technology can do because it's an aggregator. That's basically all it is. Here's what it sounds like to me when I hear somebody and you know, Adam's one of these guys, unfortunately I hear somebody saying, Oh, AI sucks. It's, it just doesn't work right. What I hear in my head is the voice of guys back 30 years ago saying, Oh, the internet sucks. It doesn't really work. You can't use it for anything useful. It, it It's just a fad. It'll right. go away. It's not going to stick around. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now it's plugged into us 24 hours a day, seven we, days a we week. We are, to use the internet as the example, I think with AI systems right now, we're about at 1991. And it so will continue. I was on the internet in 91, and I think Adam was, because he was a... Um, you know, a nerd. Well, we were even on stuff. On even, be, 
before <laughs> that, you had your precursors in the CompuServes and the different services you like did, that. But I'm not including that. I'm just including what's always been known as the internet. Right. Uh, and we're at about 1991 level. So you can't compare 91 internet to the current internet, even though by definition, it's the same thing. It's a, uh, a collection of mesh connections between different ISPs and corporations that allows data to flow through multiple uh, pathways to avoid any major disasters that might disrupt a, a central hub that like that definition of the internet has not changed. That's what it was originally created back when it was ARPANET. And, um, it still is the case that if we have connections or servers going down to Dallas, <clears throat> it means traffic gets rerouted to Virginia or somewhere else with large server farms. So, um, it's the, it's doing the same thing, but it, it's, so much bigger and faster and you know in every way better than the internet of 1990s but doesn't ai come down to the same thing all computing does which is garbage in garbage out absolutely so that that was that was exactly right so if if somebody reads that about themselves which nobody should ever really do i mean that's so narcissistic but if somebody does reads an article that AI spits out about themselves and it says, Oh, you have two kids and you actually have one kid. Well, that means somewhere on the internet, somebody probably in your Wikipedia page at one point in time has put that you have two kids. That's a human error, not right. an AI error. Yes. The AI is repeating the human error. And over time, it will be better at detecting human errors. Yes. If AI has accurate data when this, especially with things like medical information. Now, if the information that it is grabbing is faulty, yeah. it's always going to be faulty. But as the data gets better, yep, you will be able to have, you know, the concept of a computer doctor is not really that crazy because there's another thing I'm noticing with all the doctors that I go oh, to it's way better than the doctors and all the doctors that my parents go to mm -hmm. all of a sudden nurse practitioners are everywhere everywhere i agree the last visit i had was to one of those as well and what this is the technology will do is you're gonna need yeah. less skilled people that are able to nobody wants to go to medical school and then make 160,000 a year and get sued off the planet if you do something mm -hmm. wrong mm -hmm. but you need somebody that's able to accurately enter the data and figure out what your symptoms are and then the yeah. big brain in the sky will spit out. What I, you I got. really don't. Honestly, I think the AI could do all of that. And when I say AI, I, I'm not talking about GPT. I mean, like a computer system that will either access the data that I already have based on my watch, my mattress, my air sensors. Wait, does your mattress have house. sensors in it now? Yeah, you of have? course. Whoa. I've had that for a decade. Is this what just like a, a sleep number or something that tells you how you're sleeping, that kind of thing? No, it 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 measures uh, how my breathing is. It it measures how many times I I spin uh, at night. It listens to my snoring. It does all kinds of things. Oh, that poor mattress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the amount of data that we have on P, I mean. Just looking back, and I've had this watch now for, what, a month or two, whatever it's been. Yep, yep, yep. The amount of data that it's already collected is both fascinating and scary. Mm-hmm. 
But you look at, and you, again, I know a lot of people think they're native ads, and they are when you have the story of, hey, the watch found I had this issue and I didn't know, and it saved my life because if I didn't have mm. the little thing popping up saying, hey, we noticed something, I wouldn't have gone to the doctor or the hospital, and they would have never figured this out. Yeah. But this is where we're moving, and it's very interesting to me that the amount of data that these devices can collect. I mean, again, I remember having a trash 80 color computer that was only 32 characters on the screen wide. I remember having an acoustic coupler modem where I've actually had to take the phone off the hook and put mm-hmm. it into the little rubber things, you know? So the fact that a little sensor on your wrist is able to do now the heart rate, it can notice if it's in an arrhythmia, it can notice your breathing the it's very close to being able to do blood pressure it's five to seven years allegedly from being able to do your blood sugar your glucose oh we're we're at blood sugar it's just they're the issue is batteries but you can buy sensors right now that'll do your blood sugar that is smaller than your watch well really without taking a blood sample it just doesn't yeah that's crazy yeah it's it's got a little tiny needle that sticks through your skin. Okay, so that uh, well, it doesn't take blood, but it is getting underneath. No, but you don't. I mean, it's less than you feel from doing like an insulin injection. Well, yeah, it's, you need a little prick though. It's a little tiny prick, and you slap it on your skin, and it's it, it's glue. You know, there's glue on the bottom, so it sticks on there for a month. You need to slap the a battery tiny lasts prick a month on your skin. That's what I'm hearing here. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's better than other places. So <laughs> that lasts about a month. And then you just swap it out and you stick another one in there, but it gives continuous readings. And, and, and th- that's the thing, like you could do that right now with a separate device. I don't think it'll, it'll be all that long before they can incorporate that into the watch. So you'll have a model with blood sugar that just has a tighter fit to your wrist, basically. So when do we get to the point to where we're just cyborgs and the machines are controlling everything? Well, hopefully sooner than later. That's because you want to live longer. <laughs> not really. I mean, I'm not going to do any of that shit. But I think I think this is this was kind of my starting point. Is we're heading towards what some people describe as singularity, and I know it has sort of a sci-fi-ish meaning. But all the collected information, all the knowledge, and all the um, you know, beyond knowledge. What, what do you call stuff that's not really knowledge, but history? History? Uh, preferences, I guess. I don't know. I don't know the right word for it. But everything that has to do with humanity is being collected and sorted. And this is what our AI systems are built for, is to be able to do that more efficiently and better, and to be able to communicate with the, the ones that are still made of, uh, uh, you know, wet wetware instead of uh hardware um but ultimately you just won't need that like humanity will be fully encompassed in a digital format it'll be much more convenient well it will allow us uh, as a species to progress to the next evolutionary step which does mean immortality in a sense uh and it will allow us to travel uh, through great distances in space and come to whole other solar systems without uh, having to worry about keeping these bodies alive. 
those damn meat bags. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think that if you if you just logically figure out what what would be the next evolutionary step for an intelligent species. Uh, I think it's inevitable that at some point you have to lose the bodies. Well, because your body, body cannot the, handle the input of that kind of <clears throat> exactly. that amount of like data. Your brain is not capable of having as much information as a computer system or whether it's AI or not. Just, just it's not there. Like we used right. to use the brain as the pinnacle of someday we'll get computers to be as good as our brains. Well, we're way beyond that. Which I think was interesting. I pointed out on my last random thoughts that when you look at all the data, because there was a bunch of articles I saw, which Mm -hmm. were talking about mortality in the younger generation. So, you know, 18 and under dying. Yeah. And you look at the numbers for suicide and they were going progressively down. I mean, they were high and they were coming down, coming down. It hit 2007. Mm-hmm. And that number started going up again. Kids started killing themselves at a higher rate, been going up since 2007. And I was just mm-hmm. kind of curious because I've always had this theory anyway. You know what happened in 2007? Uh, you mean other than financial yes. issues? What? I don't know what. The very first smartphone came out. The iPhone mm. came out. Oh, yeah. Yep. I am convinced that kids having access to these devices is so dangerous to their well-being but nobody wants to talk about that everybody wants to talk about oh the guns i'm telling you the guns are not the problem well the guns have been around a lot longer than the phones have yes and those numbers aren't spiking or anything see i've never had a problem with suicide though this is i know this is another one of those controversial topics um because being a true well i used to say a libertarian i i can't even say that anymore the current libertarian party is in total disarray um they don't know what libertarianism is but being a um i guess i'll start saying objectivist um the the idea that somehow you can't end your own life uh is um not compatible with the idea of self-ownership well, I think the point here more, especially in the young, because I agree with you. If you're an adult, you have a medical condition, you got something that happens where you're like, I'm, I'm, I'd like to check out now, please. Yeah. I'm fine with that. But I think what mm-hmm. this is really showing is the amount of. But you know of, that that's a controversial position. I mean, yeah, You I may do. be fine with it, and so am I. But like, we're probably less than 1% of the population that would say agree with that. Which is probably true. But when it comes Most to people kids. people think it ought to be illegal. It's the point isn't really the suicide as much as this is echoing the problems with depression and that kind of mental health issue that it brings along, which there are fixes for, you know, that's Mm -hmm. the, the whole thing where it's like your brain was never meant to handle that. And I've tried to put myself in the position of kids in high school or even younger at this point where when we were growing up, we'd go out, we'd play with our friends. We knew nothing about the world yeah. outside of that. We paid yeah, very you, little you know, attention. We had a much more gradual uh, increase in the our sphere of influence, um, or maybe sphere of understanding would be a better way to phrase it. It, it. You know, it starts off basically just 
your home and maybe your front yard. And then it slowly grows as you get older to the area that you're familiar with. And then everything outside of that is the big unknown, right? You might have seen it or heard of it, but you haven't been there. You don't really know much about it. And uh, as you get older, you're, you're able to scale that further up and up and up. Um, so that, you know, the, the big step for most kids in, in the U.S. is uh, moving off to college in a different state. Right. So that's, that's a, a huge shift in your everything you've ever known is somewhere else. Well, even think about access to news. When we were children, mm-hmm. CNN, yeah, the, the whole concept of cable news didn't exist yet because cable didn't exist. Right. So yeah. you had like a, you had a couple of newscasts locally every day. You might've had the one nightly, uh, yeah. the ABC, NBC, CBS, you might've had a half 9 hour PM and then the 10 PM news. And it was it. Yeah. You couldn't watch news 24 hours a day. You could no. not well, sit you there and be sucked into that. Too. You had 5 PM as well, but yeah. Yeah. What, what year did Turner come out with Sienna? Was it 82 or 84? It was somewhere around there. It was the mid eighties, I think. And, uh, that, was a brand new concept that regular television, like non-cable television, could not understand. It was like, well, who the hell is going to sit there and watch news all day long? And there's not enough news to really talk about. Well, then they then they went to a weather channel 24 hours a day. Oh, that was, a lot of people are making fun of that. Now there's multiple weather channels. Uh-huh. You know, and sports channels. There's things that oh, are yeah. just nonstop. Uh, whatever you want, there's something for yeah. it. But I, I think the the rate of expansion of your known world that's happening right now with internet and phones uh, is much faster than it was when we were young, and and for us it was much faster than it was for the previous generation. So, like, you know, it's been accelerating, but our our brains are not keeping up. And this is yet again, another reason why the inevitable evolution of humanity is to ditch the wet works. Right. Well, cause everything we had up until the eighties was a one way medium. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until you started getting into that computer age where you were able to connect to other machines. Well, and send I would, messages. I would say that not quite because I did listen to talk radio ever since I was a kid. I guess you could call in and talk radio was always bi-directional. One person at a time, which is a yeah, little different. Just but like yeah, you bulletin had, boards. Right. Oh, I love the bulletin boards. Uh-huh. How many times you would sit there? You, you really you needed the modem that was an auto dialer, not mm-hmm. the the acoustic coupler sucked for that because you just <laughs> were never going to connect. But I remember that the modems that would just sit there. So if somebody else was on mm-hmm. your favorite bulletin board, your machine, like every 30 seconds or every 60 seconds would dial the number. See mm-hmm. if you could connect and then let you know you were connected to the BBS. Yep. What a world. It was a, such a different world, such a simpler world. And you didn't have the barrage of negative things being thrown on you. Yeah. But again, in, if you look back the previous generation, they had none of that stuff. You're right. talking about slow modems. They had zero modems. I know they, they didn't had even have one color telephone TV. per house. And, you know, and some of them had shared lines. I mean, you realize that in my parents' lifetime, and they're still alive in their 80s, you didn't really even have TV when it started. Yeah. Well, 
TV's been around for a while. You certainly didn't have color TV. No, unless you were in Germany. And then you moved to 4K and 8K and no, you need more Ks. The resolution can keep getting better well, and 8K, better. 8K, I think, is going to be about it because we're getting to the resolution of our eyeballs. Well, yeah, people are like, uh, I mean, I can't tell the difference really between a 720 and uh, so, I mean, there's that. Well, you're blind. True. But for normal people that could tell a difference, 8K to, 4K to 8K is going to be barely noticeable, but it'll still be noticeable for some people. And the amount of data, though, that's added onto the stream for that. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, it's all compressed, but it, it is at least. What the hell was that? I don't know. Something dinged. Oh, I should probably <laughs> turn my volume down on my Mac. Oh, I got my Mac up and running. Oh, I can't really? remember if I mentioned your that. Mac Mini. You're, you've got it working. I finally got it working. Yes. So this was yes, the M1 Mac Mini. I'm I'm considering I'm considering an M2 Mac Mini, but wow. um, it's hard to pass up. They're small. They're quiet. Yeah, they're powerful as hell. Yeah, I mean this they're thing not Windows. is it's really good. Now you could certainly get a Windows box that would be similar. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've always had Macs. I've always, I've generally done both, but I've, I've done Macs more than I have PCs. Um, and what is your breaking review of this machine that came out a year and a half ago? I know, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's probably two years at this point. Yeah. Cause I've had it for about a year. That's the kind of tech guy Gene is. He orders a new computer and it sits in the box for a year and a half. Is that sad? Uh huh. Mm -hmm. It is sad. But now it's out of the box. It's working. Now, the funny thing would have been if it didn't Mm -hmm. work and the warranty was over. That's true. That would be pretty damn funny. Plugged it in. Yeah. Well, and my old Mac Mini still works too, which I found. Um, Actually, I have three Mac Minis here that that technically all work. Stack them babies up. Yeah, that's what's exactly what I did. Um, just don't have the screens for all of them. But well, I like that the I new know, it's one like the, has the, the I, enough Thunderbolt ports. Finally, two. No, the new one's got four. Oh, the the yes, the the M two. Yes, yeah, the M one's got two. Uh, which. You know, I mean, do you really need four Thunderbolt ports? Well, I would hook up three monitors to it because I'm still on my old main monitor and two 19 inch to the side. So that would make that mm. easier to do right out of the box without having to buy another, yeah. another splitter, a hundred. Like, it's like you it's can kind get of one. a crappy use for that port, but I would agree. You're hooking up a 4K monitor. If you got three 4K monitors, that would be a good use for it. But, uh, if you're you know, smaller monitors, not a great use. They keep needing it, more ports because I got rid of my USB 2.0 hub on yeah, my main machine because you really have that. Who needs that? But my now my USB 3 hub is filled, so I need like a second USB 3 hub. Yeah, I've got I'm running two of them, two 10 port hubs. Yeah, that's what I need. I need another one. Yep. Especially with uh, the Drobo. And I thought the Drobo was dying. And of course, this is old. The Drobo's gone out of business now. So, so that's the other thing I need to do is plug in my Drobo and see if anything's still on there. See if I it's hope, still I working. Yeah, I hope it is. Hasn't been turned down in three or four years. Nice. There's probably a lot of gold on there. <sighs> well, I got the 5C that I bought for a couple hundred bucks from a no agenda producer who was oh, getting yeah. out. 
Okay. Like, I'll try it. And I bought a bunch of refurbished hard drives on eBay, oh, believe it or not. Jesus and the, Christ. They worked perfectly for like a year for and now, a half until yeah. the, the power brick died. Until they don't. Yeah. And once the power brick died, here was the most annoying thing. The power brick died. And that was great because it just turned the thing off. And the power mm. brick was making a whining noise so loud under the desk. I could hear Ooh, it. So, holy shit. Uh-huh. I was like, whoa, unplug that. And I bought a new power supply. Mm-hmm. and booted the thing up and it didn't recognize the drive in the top slot mm. so of course that puts drobo into a whole loop of oh, oh yeah. we need to reformat everything mm-hmm. and i turned it off and on a few times and then it noticed that drive so i realized that the new power bricks suck oh it was just a little short because i mean it would make mm. sense these are enterprise hard drives so they're probably more power hungry than most drives and I'm guessing that there just wasn't enough power to get to the top drive. Hmm. So my guess is the power for the, the way the Drobo's wired. If anybody knows, I'd like to uh, get confirmation, but I'm betting that the power goes from like the lowest drive to the highest, which on the machine and the highest would be zero. So by the time it gets to that drive, there's not enough power. So it's not spinning up. So the yeah, Drobo didn't recognize it. That's not how it works. I don't know how, whatever it is. What you're describing would be the case if we're talking about a water hose. Right. It's kind of, but I don't understand why it was always, why was it always the same bay not showing up? That's weird. That, well, I'll tell you what it could be is that bay could have a bad solder in the power connector to where there's some arcing. And uh, if your last power supply was more powerful, then you wouldn't have any issues, but as you reduce the power, the thing that's going to fail first is a, uh, a poorly soldered connection. Yeah, that could make sense. But I bought a new uh, power supply. Now it works mm. like perfect again. Oh, okay, good. Well, keep, keep that handy because you might, you know, my drove was about 10 years old. So at some point my power supply is going to die. You know, once I plug it in, I haven't plugged it in yet. Like if it goes up in flames and you got that, my hope is I can plug it in and then copy all the data off of there. Even if there's one bad drive onto my, a network dash storage. And then I don't care about the Drobo after that. I mean, yeah, I, I ordered the Drobo shit. It probably has been damn near 10 years. Maybe not quite, maybe like eight years, but I bought it when I bought the trash can Mac. Oh, nice. I uh, like that you know, Mac was, pro. That thing's still going strong. I bet. Uh, well, I sold it a long time ago, but I, I bought it for 10 grand and I sold it for three grand <laughs> two years later. Well, that's the way Apple keeps up there. Uh, oh, it was horrible because I, I was like, oh, this is the most expensive computer I've ever bought. 10,000 bucks. And um, you were expecting you know, a lot. I'm going to have it forever. Right. right. Yeah. No, it sucked. And and I literally remember the disappointment. I mean, it was mixed feelings, but. I finally, about two years after I bought the trash can Mac, I broke down and decided that I'd playing on the Xbox, playing video games on the Xbox sucks. And I was willing to buy a gaming PC and I bought my gaming PC for three grand. And the gaming PC was about twice as fast as a $10,000 Mac pro. That's sad. I like doing video editing, which is the whole point of the Mac pro right. when it came out. It's like, Oh, you could do five streams of 4k video at the same time. Yeah. Bullshit. Well, that's why and, I'm curious about the, the M2, because that is supposedly oh, great yeah, that for stuff great. like that. Mm-hmm. Doing audio, yeah. video editing. Boom. Uh, it's, um, 
Apple always touts their video editing, and I think it works fine on it, but so it works also quite fine on the PC side. So anyway, um, once I realized that the Mac Pro was way overpriced and or conversely underpowered for what it was, I started doing more stuff on the PC and then it ended up just selling the Mac Pro because before it completely was worthless. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, but the Drobo I got specifically to be plugged into the Mac Pro for all that video editing stuff I was doing. Right, because it's fast. It's, you don't want that over the network. You want it via and USB back then, or Thunderbird. Thunderbolt or the was Bolt, the yeah. fastest connection. Yeah. Thunderbolt 2. <clears throat> and so that's what the Drobo had. That's It's like perfect combo, but it, it literally became not the perfect combo within a few years. That makes sense. I bought another uh, QNAP enclosure, which is there. You can use them as expansions on your QNAP NASes, which I do. Mm-hmm. But for 200 bucks, otherwise, it's a RAID controlled system that you can plug yeah. in via USB. So I bought that as a backup. But then the uh, like I said, I got the Drobo backup and working. But I also bought with all my lightning funds. Thanks to everybody who donates to the shows. Mm-hmm. I bought a Seagate 18 terabyte backup drive mm-hmm. and backed up the whole drobo to it and i'm st- sitting here looking at the huge ass drobo with the five right. drives and i'm looking yeah, at this yeah. one drive and i'm like yeah which one makes more sense i don't know well i am completely spoiled at this point because everything's too fucking slow because you want ssd my, on everything it's got to be my solid gaming state. pc has three two terabyte x4 ssds uh, which um, so the drives which, are going? Give me more data. What do you got? Come on, I'm waiting. That they're they're ten gigs per second. That's the speed of access in these things. Now, it, with those, is that in RAID? Because you have three of them, or uh, no, 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 they're not in RAID. I just have three of them because I'm almost out of space. <laughs> yeah, that's but, where it gets expensive <clears throat> to keep adding that kind of storage. Yeah, they're they're all going down in price. Though what's still expensive is the eight terabyte versions. The eight terabyte versions are still like 700 bucks, but uh, these are reasonably priced. They're 200 bucks, at least right around there. Yeah. And if anybody uh, needs storage today, I guess today is like world backup day or something. So what? Yeah. Like really? new egg and Amazon. Everybody's got specials today. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll have to check that out. But anyway, my, my point is that I remember the, uh, the original Mac i7 with ssd that i got there the mac mini that was like the most expensive mac mini i ever got uh and that thing i can't remember what exactly what it had but i want to say it did like maybe one and a half uh gigs per second something like that but it was impressively fast for the time so gigabit ethernet right so that's a uh, thousand bits or roughly 125 megs, right? So 125 megs felt like it was pretty quick, you know, gigabit connection. Um, but then when you, when you use it for actually storage of like video or video editing, it feels like molasses, right? Which is why I had Drobo and the Drobo. So, so on, on gigabit Ethernet on the NAS, I could do 125 megs per second. Ideally, on the Drobo, I could do like 800 megs per second. So, like 
four times to six times faster. Much better. On the SSD, that first generation, um, I could do uh, like 1.2 gigs or something. So about one and a half times faster than the Drobo. So insanely fast, I thought. Uh, on the M1 Mac that I just set up, on its built-in uh, SSD, uh, and there, you know, it's Apple's proprietary crap. I could do four gigs per second, but on my PC that I've had for two years now, and then granted, it is top top line gaming box. I could do 10 gigs per second. So now the app so feels slow. Everything's fucking slow right now. I mean, it's literally 10 gigs versus 125 megs on the network. Well, and there are now 10 gig interface cards. So we've, I see a lot of people like wiring their homes now and stuff for this. So because I've got the NAS devices, I've got three of them in the yeah. basement, all connected mm-hmm. to my main machine up here with mm-hmm. one you know cat six cable whatever it is wait your wife let you out of the basement yeah i, I do leave the oh. basement every now and then oh okay but that's okay. only one cable and it's only a you know it's only gigabit ethernet yeah it's 125 megs that's what i'm saying it's super fucking slow so what i need is the uh i need that 10 gig or you need multiple 10 gigs and uh i'm connect 80 all those times up. faster than that i know on my pc it's sad 80. isn't it that's but that's the problem is I'm, I'm used to that ADX faster speed. So it's not that the other stuff became slower. It's that in comparison now, it just feels anemic. Yes. And but, it's fine. Uh, I mean, cause you can stream your 1080p video over it without a problem. I don't know if you could do uh, what the uh, 4k needs, but for what uh, I need, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. 4k at most is going to be about um, 20 megs. That's not so too bad. A, so you could do like four 4K streams on the one gig Ethernet. Now, if you had a 10 gig and I keep looking at new routers, although I don't know what to They've get. They've gotten down in price. If you want to get a 10 gig, let me know. A buddy of mine just bought one and he's raving about it. I'm I'm not really in the market. I don't really need one, but I can find out from him which one he got if you want to. It's a lot of the routers the now. Money. It's like, oh, you need to have your Belkin account or your, you know, whatever links this and you have to log in. It's like, no, I want, I want to no, control the software. Shit. Exactly. And, um, the, I, I really should get something. You, that you don't want the NSA to be uh, the main admin of right, the router. Really? Right. Oh. Exactly. And I'd like a 2.5 gig WAN account. Cause now the mm-hmm. you know, Comcast is slowly creeping up over. Mm one gig i think they're allegedly oh, uh, giving us like 1.2 now are they yeah adam uh, i was talking to him the other day he said that they just are getting fiber put in and it's supposed to do two and a half gig oh see that's nice yeah that'll be awesome that's right bonded nicks uh net net you need to have a couple you put them uh then you can run a couple of lines down to the basement then i could have a nice fat pipe. yeah but but why would you want to do that when you could just get a 10 gig yeah, that, well, you only need one 10 gig. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, because that's what I used to do is I, I had a uh, uh, switch with uh, bonded Nixon here. Um, that's the way the Mac Pro is actually set up. Is I that, think, yeah, uh, the, the latest uh, NAS devices I have, you can do the, the bonded. 
Yeah, and that's what this because uh, I use also analogy stuff, and I actually just switched. God, we're doing a tech show now. Hey, welcome just to Grumpy Old Beds. How to, you doing, everybody? Uh, yeah, uh, I just picked up a Synology router as well because um, I've had a Synology NAS for. I mean, like I've had three of them, but I've had them forever. Uh, probably the the best NAS software out there. Uh, the interface is awesome. It's it really is like just having your own virtual server running out there. But um, I decided to check out their router as well. And I've been super happy with the router that I've been running, um, a D-Link. And it was whatever the D-Link top line was like six years ago. Uh, so it's definitely time for a new router. But the D-Link's been running super good um, that whole time. So I set this thing up. and. Um, it is. I've had it for about two weeks now, I think, running on the new one. It definitely does a better job of reaching the entire house with just a single point, uh, which is surprising. It it has the uh, AX connection or whatever speed, the, the 6 gigahertz channel. So for if you have a, one of the newer Mac devices, and I'm sure newer, PC stuff has that as well. Uh, it'll use the, the uh, 6 gigahertz uh, Wi-Fi channel as well, um, which will give you faster speeds. You, it actually does over a gig in Wi-Fi now. That's wild. Like, not theoretical, but on my computer. Yes, it I actually works. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think I was doing about 1.3 gigs over Wi-Fi. It's like that's faster than I can get crap over the internet right it, now. It's it is. It's faster than I can get crap through my old one gig Ethernet connection. I am running a Linksys AC thirty two hundred that I got in mm-hmm. July of twenty seventeen. So it's about that time. Yeah, it's about the same age. Yeah, about five years old, six years old. Uh, but I've been very happy. I mean, the thing that these guys do really well is that they don't just put in a, a little gimped uh bios in there they they put a real operating system on these devices on the nas even on the router and so you've got a lot more functionality it's expandable you can install other packages on there um and you have if you want a lot more gradient ability for doing things like uh um you know packet prioritization and traffic optimization and you can have security checks. You can do virus checks right on the router for stuff going through. And it's got the uh, the horsepower to handle it all. Now, it's not a cheap router. Right. I think it was 300 bucks. But then again, all the AX routers, uh, they're all right in that price range these days anyway. Right. And it makes more sense to have that kind of power there because I'm always seemingly running through a vpn now mm-hmm. and i do that just on the local computer because the router yeah it would bog it down even though it was a decent router six years ago mm-hmm. having that ability to do that the i mean this isn't oh, a commercial got, for uh, and it's got a, a full vpn server like any style of vpn you can set that up as the endpoint and then you could just go through your home system it's great yeah i mean you're using the vpn backwards and we've yes. had that conversation but for people that want a vpn back home which is 
when I travel, I like I've got my a lot of systems set up to only work if I connect from home. Like if I want to check my Bitcoin balance online, I I can only do that from how many my home uh, IP how many address. billions are you up to? Yeah, I wish, um, but I can only do it through my home PC, and so it's tied to the IP address I'm on. So I have to VPN from my phone back to the house to be able to then check on that on the phone. The speeds, though, I mean, I know I'm going the wrong way, but the Nord VPN, the speeds mm-hmm. are quite often into the seven or eight hundred megabits <clears throat> per second on my gigabit mm-hmm. connection. So, yeah, I know you're losing uh, a little bit, a little bit, but. Like that, but you could also set the router up as the outgoing. So you could right. literally make your connection to the VPN from the router. And then every device in your house is going through the VPN. Right. Well, using the beautiful. way you're using it. Yeah, you're doing I it. Mean, I don't see a point to it, but yeah, you could. Well, the main <clears> point <throat> is that I, I've never gotten any uh, DMCA letter yet. <laughs> Just say um, That's it. For what, though? I mean, DMCA for, for doing what? Um, Lots and lots and lots of uh, downloading. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Yeah. So I don't do any of that stuff. So yeah, you definitely have, I guess, more of a need for that. But I just. um, Well, that's what everybody's afraid of, that this new generalized. I think they're calling it the Restrict Act, which is. Oh, my God, it's horrible. Have you read it? I have not read it. I've heard some of the the, uh, talking points on it. And yes, it sounds. Mm -hmm. It sounds like something exactly. Yeah, that VPNs are banned. They're well, literally banned because they have no idea what they're saying. You know, this is why oh, all they of know this, what they're saying. I, I don't think they do because you hear the mm-hmm. questions that these people ask when they get tech folk into mm-hmm. the to come in and do a uh, you know a Q and A for them to rake them over the coals. The questions mm-hmm. they ask are like, you have no idea how the technology works. You know, which is why it's funny when everybody's like, oh, my God, they're going to ban TikTok. Then what? It's like, well, how are they going to do that? I mean, TikTok's already on your phone. All right. And even if they are somehow, if they could, what they would have to do is get your ISP to be able to block the TikTok service. That would be the only way they would be able to do it, because otherwise you're not going to do it as an individual. And even if your ISP then does block TikTok, well, that's where they VPNs did a pretty good job of blocking RT. Not really, because that's where VPNs come in again. Yeah, yeah, you could do it with a VPN, but they're but they're banning VPNs. So, but see, they they don't even know what a VPN is, and I don't think they know what they're saying because that I think would throw people into a tizzy when it's like, well, we're not blocking this because it's bad. This again comes down to the whole gun argument, which is, well, we're 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 gonna make a tool illegal because you can do something bad with it. Mm -hmm. It makes zero sense. I mean, really, we should have had in the uh, constitution written in all about VPNs, but they didn't know about it back then. (laughs) Yeah. You know, this is the same kind of thing. Like you have the right to your own anonymity and privacy. And if you want to route all of your traffic through Beijing, Hey, that's your bit. You can do it. Uh, yeah, except that the government doesn't want you doing that. And all of the TikTok stuff is hilarious when people think they know what the problem is there. And, you know, again, 
as libertarian or whatever you want to call it now. Mm -hmm. People can do whatever the hell they want, but it's like, I just would point out, know what you're doing, know what your kids are doing more than anything else. Oh yeah. I see the biggest issue with TikTok as one of control. And that would be the biggest thing for me. It's like, because you realize, and I didn't even understand this until a couple of years ago or so when Adam Curry over on the no agenda show was talking about how the trends are now that people, when they're looking for information on something, Mm -hmm. we're going to, and I don't even know if it was TikTok quite then, or if it was the Twitter or whatever, but this is where they go for news. Instead of going and looking at a new, they're like, they go to TikTok now for news. And if you're going to TikTok for news, and TikTok is being controlled by the Chinese government. I understand the propaganda power of that tool. If all of the children in the United States are using a Chinese product that can mm-hmm. give them any message they want into their little mush brains, that's the biggest problem of TikTok. Not anything else. Who cares what, you know, your little kids going and dancing on it. Great. And a stalker shows up with a gun. Who cares? That's your problem as a parent not understanding Mm -hmm. what your kid is sharing online because there's a lot of kids that overshare now oh yeah but oversharing i think is a you know it changes over time like what that actually means well this is true because we didn't have the ability to take selfies can you imagine how much more trouble we would have gotten into as high schoolers if the internet was around i remember the onion back when it was still funny like 20 years ago um well, it's probably not that long. It's probably 15 years ago. They had an article that was about a um, a fire breaking out in the dorm. And it was, you know, like set up like a normal news story article. But the, the funny bit, the bit that makes it an, an onion story, was that they had, they said that by reviewing the selfies from the dorm party event, they were able to reconstruct exactly what happened because they had 16,000 selfies taken during a <laughs> one and a half hour period. And now that's true. And, the, and they're literally showing a video that looks like it's moving about 15 frames per second from multiple angles showing this fire breaking out and growing. Because again, in every, in every single frame, there was a different person in the frame, right? But you could still see the fire breaking out almost in real time. I mean, it's like slow motion video, like you would have from the 1920s or something, but they were poking fun at the fact that this whole crazy generation, which incidentally right now is in their late thirties, uh, that whole crazy generation was so obsessed with taking pictures of themselves. And that is exactly well, then you moved into oh, then video. you went to full on video of yourself 24 hours a day. And I think there is a certain amount of data that is being gleaned from being able to see what is in those videos that are being posted and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that for advertisers is great because mm-hmm. if you could go, hey, look, little Susie has this brand shoe on her bed well then of course we want to advertise our shoe brand to her or whatever Mm -hmm. so that data is kind of interesting but the technology 
when it comes to the cameras the wife just got because she wanted the apple watch because i had an apple watch so of course she had to have the apple watch when you have an apple watch of course you have to have an iphone so got the 14 not the max but i think the 14 pro Uh which has the same camera as the 14 max and i will say the amount of resolution and the quality of the cameras on these things are scary good it's actually not changed in about 10 years. It's, it's still the same resolution. Well, it's like up What's, to 48 megabit or pixel. No, now. no, no. It's 16. No, the new ones are not. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's uh, extrapolating those out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I can believe, although I will say I've been playing around with. But, but let me just finish the thought before you move on there. So it's, it is 16 megapixel sensor. They do have an extrapolation algorithm. So basically. It's taking each color, which there's, you know, four pixels per one pixel to come up with a full color pixel. And then using the, the detail of that particular color to sort of extrapolate into what that image is. It's a similar thing that cameras have done for the last decade to have a, a high resolution mode, um, which you effectively have black and white information it's you 48 but you're extrapolating the color on top of it which you only have 16 of that uh, makes sense so that, you're that's kind of colorizing they, they it. it yeah yeah so you're colorizing it at a lower resolution than so your edges should be nice and sharp but the color could technically be off by one pixel but that visually looks better than what you get with the 100 megapixel camera on samsung there's a, I saw I watched a video that did a review recently and whatever the Samsung equivalent to the iPhone version of the pixel, I guess, or something. Yeah. And then they were comparing it to the last version of the Samsung and the last version was better mm-hmm. with the camera by far. It seemed the Samsung was yes. That the, the previous version, whatever the number of, that came before or whatever. Yeah. The, the camera, camera was had better, be. but so uh, I, I, Apple's mostly been focusing on improving the quality, not increasing the resolution. Well, it's interesting to see what they can do because I've been testing out uh, Topaz put out an AI version Mm -hmm. of a photo, not really editor, but a photo restore and a video Mm -hmm. restore. And Mm -hmm. it's absolutely amazing Mm-hmm. what these are doing my wife had some old photos you know of her grandfather and we scanned those in and of course it's faded looks mm. crappy and fix them yeah it fix i mean crazy yeah being able to increase mainly for being able to blow up small things without losing the resolution but mm-hmm. with the video stuff you can take old so i had some old dvd you know that had been ripped years ago mm-hmm. with the old 480 interlaced which is what television was back then. And you can run it through this AI and it would get rid of the interlacing. It would upgrade it to whether you wanted 720, 1080, 4K. And mm-hmm. the quality was surprising because it, you know, in the olden days, if you just took an old 480 original image and blew that up to HD, it still looked like crap. Yeah, yeah. While this is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, it is mm-hmm. eons better than not yes, having it's the much tech- better at interpolating the resolution. Yes, yeah, it's like it's crazy. Yeah, there were some there were some 
I remember plugins for Photoshop. So it wasn't from Adobe. It was third parties. Can't remember what brand, but I remember they were not cheap. They were a couple hundred bucks for a plugin that that was specifically made to create posters. Right. So it would take your regular resolution images and then blow them up to poster size while minimizing the loss of resolution visually. Um, and it did a pretty damn good job. I mean, yes. it's, oh, still great not, job. it's never going to be identical. But the thing that AI allows it to do, and this is something that's actually Samsung cameras. This, this is another hilarious thing with Samsung. So if you look at the ads for the new current generation Samsung top line phone, they have a picture of the moon that it captures, which looks freaking amazing. It's like, it looks like you're looking through a telescope, but you're looking just from your phone. So this is what they discovered when these guys did the review and they were doing the video is that when you take a photo of the moon on that Samsung, it's actually substituting a picture of the real moon in there for you. No. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. So, so that's why it, we, it that's recognizes why we <laughs> the scene. Now there's it recognizes AI. the scene of the moon. And when it detects what appears to be a low res version of the moon, because you're using a freaking phone, uh, it it sticks in there a pre-shot version of what the moon should look like, given all the other parameters like size and uh, light and all the other crap. That's and so awesome. what you end up getting is a a moon that was effectively shot from a uh, you I know, read a, a, a telescope right. sitting on the, in Hawaii or something uh, at, at super high resolution and you're getting it stuck into your photo with the moon. How do we get a bunch a of cool a, idea, but it's not really a photo. No, I mean, how, how do we get Taylor Swift photoed with that? Uh, <laughs> what you need right, right there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But I know um, that the blow, I, there was one actually called blow up the filters mm-hmm. that you could add. And I've used mm-hmm. those for years and i used those on uh on the last day i finally went you know what what's the worst that could happen on uh costco when they were discontinuing their photo and poster service oh yeah yeah i remember you mentioned that i ordered a bunch of mugs for the rock and roll Mm pre-show and i ordered like 15 posters of taylor swift a couple victoria's secret models and i'm surprised they let you print the posters of taylor swift yeah, I was too because I figured they'd be like, yeah. but it was like the yeah. literally the last day. So these people that were they don't they don't give a shit exactly. Point, I guess yeah. And the quality I had is that happen, fantastic. Um, with a, I mean, it wasn't Taylor Swift, but it was somebody that was clearly famous that I had uh, sent in to get a um, a canvas print printed, and it came back saying that they needed to get the uh, model release for it before they could print it. Because they recognize the person and they're like, they, yeah, because the somebody recognized the person. They're like, yeah, we're not going to just make shit for you that you don't have rights to. You're like, you bastards. Yeah, exactly. You don't and know who I am. So I went and bought my own printer. That print. Right. Right. And then fuck you. I can print my own canvas now. You know, if I thought I could actually sell enough prints of things on, uh, you know, eBay or wherever, I'd buy one, too, because yeah. I've always been interested in that well, kind of big I, format yeah, printing. But it, they're a pain, right? They're a pain. They really are a pain. I really thought that there's nothing like it. It's awesome to have. Um, And if Etsy was more popular back when I had my printer, I probably would have 
sold a lot more on Etsy. That would have been your exit strategy right there. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I mean, all of a sudden done, I did sell over a hundred grand worth of prints uh, without Etsy. Well, that's so fairly I, impressive. I, I did okay. So but, you, were, you were a decent photographer. For 30 years, yeah. I mean, so, so why aren't I, you doing that anymore? Come oh, on. I sold off all my gear. I, I, <laughs> I took the opportunity to get out of that racket uh, when the, the format changed. So basically, um, you know, I started with film. Right. And then I was very quick to upgrade to digital because I always saw, I, like, I have no fondness for the old pain in the ass shit we used to have to do right because if you're doing so like was, a wedding photo or something you want the ability really, to yeah adjust you things. want the cost per image just dropped to almost nothing with digital did basically the quality just amortizing your film of your, cameras uh, in everybody's phones is has that ruined the professional photographer's life at this point yet um you know i think it to some extent it's probably made people uh, it, it lower their prices, but it will as time goes on because the expectation will be less and less that you need a professional photographer. Right. But I, I was, I was always just a, a fine art photographer. I was not a like a wedding or something photographer. So what I shot was stuff that I liked, and then I printed it in large format because that was one of the things I remember. Um, you're getting your like Ansel Adams on. You're going out into nature. Yeah, you're yeah, or buildings. A lot of land. Uh, a lot of uh, cityscapes, not just landscapes. Which true? Because like people will buy that shit. Like, oh, I've got an will. office in Chicago. Totally. So yeah, they will. And and what I figured out uh, a long time ago was that uh, the same image on an eight by ten has to be incredibly good for somebody to just buy it at all. Like, forget about buying it for an expensive price, but at all. But that image could be way less good. It still has to be good enough, but way less impressive if it's also three feet by two feet. Right. Because they're looking for something to cover the wall. Yeah, exactly. And so I've always just admitted the truth, which is that uh, large format photographs are just expensive wallpaper. True. And you're selling the wallpaper for about a hundred bucks a foot. And it's so, unique, mm. you know, and it is people you look at, it, it's yeah. like, it's art. Yeah, it, it is art. And I've got lots of art in my house and I've got uh, a lot of my own large format prints. I've got like, I think my biggest is uh, five feet by three feet. Nice. Well, I, um, printed, I mean, nothing that size, but whatever size is bigger than the eight by 10, the 11 by mm-hmm. whatever. Um, a bunch of the stuff when we were in Ireland that I mm. took photos of. Oh yeah. There's some beautiful vistas there, you know, and it's, I mean, it's great. Certain things I took into Photoshop and made them black and white. And, you know, you can jack up the contrast okay. and give it that. And old that's look. where there's a lot of, uh, uh, the progress has really been on the PC side, not on the camera side. I mean, there's been some progress on cameras, but a lot of progress in, in the software. And it's like, you can just press a button and go, oh, let's make it look like this. Let's, Let's yeah. make it look like that. And there's now beyond Photoshop, there was another mm-hmm. uh, on one, I think makes a yeah, sweet. They've, they've always, that's what I used to use. They always had the best tools for actual photographers. Oh, it's crazy now yeah. where you could go in and they were on the example, you know, they were showing photos in like Venice mm-hmm. where you could mm-hmm. go in and just click the water 
and it would mm-hmm. you know do a really nice job masking just the water if you click mm-hmm. the buildings just the buildings so you could adjust the individual things in the photo without adjusting yep. the whole picture and that was always the hardest thing you had to be able to mask yeah. it yeah and now it just magically does it photoshop really has not changed the way that you do things for 25 years no it's very uh, similar it, the amount of money that i've paid for photoshop over the last 30 years is insane i mean i remember when photoshop came out in 88 i think um yeah, 1988. So it's been around for a long time. And when it first came out, uh, it it could it ran on black and white Macs, but it could do color printing. And it was really weird because then you'd like get textures on the screen that represent colors. That's weird. And then when the first uh color Mac came out, the Mac 2, then everything started kind of falling into place. But that was one of the I remember seeing Photoshop, I think I first saw it in SIGGRAPH 88. Uh, SIGGRAPH's a big uh, uh, graphics expo for, you know, design, photography, that kind of stuff. And um, it was it was cool what it did, but it wasn't really, like, earth-shattering. Um, they also were one of the first guys to use virtual memory, like their own virtual memory, so you could open up images much larger than the amount of memory you had in a computer. Right. Which was vital. Yeah. Back in the day. Cause you were talking with, yeah. When, when a, but the only way to get those images back then in the late eighties, early nineties, the only way you'd get a, a really high res image was if you did a film scan. So if, if you went to a service bureau and I worked at one of those uh, back in the nineties, I actually worked at a, a pre-press service bureau. Um, then you could get a drum scan of your film and that might be, which these days is kind of ridiculous, but it, it might be like, um, yeah, it probably was about HD resolution. I don't think it ever got to 4k level. No. So even what used to be considered like really high quality, high res stuff was basically like 2000 by 1200 pixels. And now it's like nothing. I mean, yeah, now well, Sony that I think Sony right now is leading uh, the field, their highest resolution camera, which is the something S Mark three, I believe. Um, I've got the Mark one of that still. I need to sell that camera. I've had that forever, but um, that's right around a hundred megs, hundred megapixels. Uh, I had the the last high res camera that I had, which I sold a few years back, was the Canon uh, 5DS Mark III, I believe. I can't remember the name, but I think that's what it was. And that was just over 50 megapixels. So Sony's about double that. The the human eyeball is less than that. Well, until we get our implants. Until we get our, that's correct. So once the implants come in, then we'll be able to finally take photos that we can see. But right now, the only way that you can see those photos is by printing them large format and then coming close to the actual physical image and going, oh, yeah, I can see the pixels. Well, yeah, except your eyeball isn't five feet wide. I first got a Photoshop, I think, in like 95. 
Mm-hmm. I remember buying it. That's what I was did doing have, work for. Did the, it have a Venus de Milo on the uh, it may have. cover? I it think that was have. about mid-90s. Back when you had to go buy it in a store. Yep. And it was, I think, like 700 bucks, if I remember right. I don't think it was quite that much. I think it was either 599 or 625 Maybe it was 625 I was thinking 699 yeah. Maybe it was 625 yeah. Yep. That's when I was doing all the work for those Playboy Playmates and racking uh-huh. in all the money. Yeah, hell yeah. Where you need Photoshop. You do need Photoshop because they got to look good. You got to get the Photoshop in it. Take all those pimples out. Well, now it's the AI, the AI does it. Absolutely. It looks at the image and it's like, this is skin. Yeah. This and is- see, now we're tying it all together. Because yes. this is what I was talking about. Specialized AI systems versus general AI. It can uh, tell you where the eyes are and it can yeah. do things to the eyes that it only wants to do to the eyes, to the lips, the things it only wants to do to the lips, the teeth. It's all recognizing so those I, details. I had the really what would have been the last generation before digital cameras popped up. It was a Canon A something two, I think. I can't remember the exact name. But it was basically, it was a film camera, but it was like a pro film camera. And that camera was the first camera, I believe, and this would have been like late 80s. Uh, first camera that had a uh, eye tracking in the viewfinder. Uh, so it would actually have a little diode be flashing into your eyeball to see where your uh, iris was compared to the, um, like it was you know pointing straight or left, right, top, up, down. And then it would use that information. And I think it literally was just like one of nine positions. I don't think it was anything super fancy. But it would use that position of your iris to determine where it should focus, the autofocus. Well, that's interesting. So it was basically eye-controlled focus on that camera. And that was so high-tech back, you know, what, 35 years ago? Uh, extremely high-tech for the time. That was a neat feature. Um, but much like brand new features, anytime they come up when they're brand new, there was a lot of false positives. And then you'd have to be moving your eyeball purposefully to force it to go to where you want it right. to. And eventually I did what I think most people did with turn off. off that system <laughs> because it's faster for me to manually focus because I know what the fuck I'm doing. Uh, or, or even if not manually focused, sort of a quasi manual focus, which is Use the center focus, autofocus, but autofocus for center only, and then point towards where you want to focus and then move the camera. Keep holding the button down, move the camera to adjust what you're actually want in the frame, and then press the button fully down to take the shot, uh, which I think is why they stopped having that feature in the camera. They, they reintroduced it, I think, in one of the, um, one of the, last cameras that I had as well had that functionality where it was eye control focus, but it was much better. They had many more points, but back in the eighties, like that was super impressive to have something that monitors your eyeballs. Well, yes, yeah, I have that. Go ahead. Some makes sense. And some does it when it comes to the technology, like it makes mm-hmm. sense with the web-based cameras that have a much wider field 
Mm -hmm. uh, view that you're actually using. And if you're moving around, it'll follow you, you know, that, but it's only, you know, moving the camera itself is, is staying still. It's just moving where you are in the frame. And they've got ones where the camera moves too. Oh yeah. With the the automatic gimbals and all that stuff. And they're not that much more expensive, maybe like 50, 60 bucks more. That's for the uh, true video podcaster who wants to move around the room, move around the room. Yeah. If you're in the standing desk, that would be more useful. I think, um, but now I have the uh, Toby eye tracker, which literally is looking at both my face and on my eyeballs uh, 60 times a second, and then providing that input into mostly video games. Well, yeah, uh, you got to be able to make video. you. you I mean, you, I can also, I can also use them with Windows itself. Like if I hit Alt Tab, you know how it shows you all your windows, right? I literally Look just need one. to move my eyeballs and whatever thing I'm looking at is what's selected. That is so freaky. So it's the same technology that like handicapped people would use when they can't move shit with their hands. Right. Except, you know, I can still use my hands, but, but yeah, it's very good at it. It's 100% accurate. It knows exactly what you're looking at. Um, another mode that it has that I haven't used, but I've always kind of thought it'd be fun to use on a stream is eye tracking that overlays on your screen. So I could be playing a game or watching a video or something. And then you would see little circles of what my eyeballs are actually looking at. Oh, nice. Where the focus is. Yeah. Where the focus is like what, what is in the middle of my center of frame in my eyeballs. Um, and, uh, that's kind of a neat thing. I mean, it's, it, it's kind of a gimmick, right? It doesn't really do anything for me, but, where that technology comes from and what Toby actually is in the business of doing is creating that type of interface for the military where it makes a little more sense. And also for commercial purposes, for things like um, when they do uh, focus groups for product evaluations or focus groups to review new movies that are about to come out, they'll actually use these devices to track what people are looking at. And that'll tell them, how better to advertise. And then the AI tells them what to do. How well, to grab hopefully. the attention. Yeah, exactly. You got to tweak that AI. Oh, yeah. Well, the AI is very good at being tweaked. And when you have somebody that knows what they're doing, you can make mm-hmm. products that are definitely useful. You know, the question will become, as we've talked about in the past. Yeah. Just how much will it replace? Yeah. And I, I think it's certainly possible that not too long into the future, people will be reading stories written by AI and have no clue. Absolutely. 100%. They're already listening to music that's done by AI. They're watching videos done by AI. They're looking at music is a little easier. Plenty of images. Yes. Done by AI. Oh yeah. You know, the music I think is the easiest because there is a repetitive nature. Yeah. That, you know, all you need is a beat. You can throw some stuff in. Sure. These stories are a little harder if you get details wrong. You can't accidentally forget something. But that's the beauty of it, is that the computer doesn't have any concept of forgetting. True. Humans do. Which is we're, the, we're basically working with partially damaged memory systems at all times. But I will say, trying to write longer stories than I have in the past, mm-hmm. the details are the hardest thing where it's like, wait, what yeah. did this what did i do back george rr R. martin has two people that he's talked about whose job is just 
uh, tracking consistency. Yeah. You have to fact check. Like, is this right? (laughs) Did I I remember this right? You know, you can't say this character has never done X, Y, and Z if they did X, Y, and Z three years ago. Exactly. And that's with an AI system. That's exactly what it's good at is remembering everything at all times. It is the omniscient author, literally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's absolutely, uh, it's unstoppable. This whole idea of like, oh, we should not work on it for the next six. Yeah, good luck. So so basically what you're saying is, hey, we'd prefer if China and Russia work on this instead of us for a while. Uh Uh-huh. And then we'll be catching up. Stop, right. Yeah. (laughs) Idiots. And they're able to monetize it. I mean, this is. Uh huh. The intriguing thing. It's like, uh, you can't slow down in technology. I'll, I'll tell you another thing. Now, this is getting a slightly off the AI topic, but it's connected to China. China. Something I didn't realize until yesterday. Um, so right now, most people are kind of vaguely aware that there's a, a SpaceX launch happening almost every day. Um, it's not quite every day, but it's about every three days or so. It's, it's very frequent because they're just dumping a bunch of their, uh, their, uh, Starlink satellites up there. Um, you know, occasionally they'll do deliveries for other companies, but mostly they're kind of hired themselves. Uh, but China who have put up their space station in the course of three years, uh, which, you know, is super fast compared to the speed with which the international space station was put together. Uh, they are scheduled to have 200 rocket launches next year, which gets them pretty close to SpaceX speed of launches. That is a lot so of launches. That's a lot of launches for a country that's much younger and newer to the space game. India is supposed to have 12. So, you know. Soon we're going to have a lot of things orbiting the planet. Oh, it's going to, it's going to get crazy. And the potential, the more crap goes, it goes up there. The more potential you have for a, uh, what is it called? Is it a Kuiper event? I can't remember. It's one of the famous dude's names event, which is basically a chain reaction of, uh, debris coming in contact with satellites, creating more debris, coming into more satellites, creating more debris, and just creating a big junk field up there. And wouldn't that no that would help keep the sun's rays from hitting the Earth? So that would well, global warming and reverse it. <clears throat> something like that. But it's uh, I'm sure somebody can remember. I just it's not a Kuiper event. It's a uh, but I thought it started with a K. Um. But yeah, the idea that there, there is a certain critical point you get to where the, the raw number of actual functioning satellites is so high that the chance of a contact between two of them becomes, uh, not just theoretical, but actually practical. And when that happens, the term you're looking for is Kessler syndrome. Kessler. There we go. Kessler, not Kuiper. Uh, Kessler syndrome. Yeah. So what you end up with is, um, well, a chain reaction where the debris causes more and more debris every time it hits something. Now the, the good news is that space is fucking big. 
And so that that may be the opening line right there. Well, it's true. It's, it is fucking big. Uh, so you have, even though you have a lot of satellites, I don't remember how many off the top of my head right now, but I think, I think right now we're tracking somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 or 70,000 objects that are in orbit. Some of them are satellites. Some of them are debris pieces, but it's quite a bit, but you know, with SpaceX wanting to have 45,000 of their own objects up there. Yeah. That's I think a that's lot. the end game for them with these satellites. Uh, that's, that's a lot. Now they're also not necessarily all in the same orbit. In fact, they're all in slightly different orbits, which is good. Less chance of things hitting each other. But uh, still, the, the odds are that there will be more progressively more impact damage on anything that's launched. Just unavoidable. Just because there's more crap floating around. Even if it's small, little tiny size, like, you know, something the size of a screw or a nut. Space debris is real. I mean, the more yeah. stuff you put up there, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Yeah. And so the, the new Russian space station will be at uh, 400 kilometers, uh, where the, uh, the ISS is between 3 and 350. It's, uh, it's, it's always fun when it's flying at 333. That magic number does show up a lot. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we're going to have the Chinese, the Russian, and then the, the, whatever the American replacement is for the ISS. Um, India wants to put something up there, but I think it's fairly small, but they do want their own permanent station up in. Everybody does. Weren't we supposed to just be one human race all working together? Come on. Well, I think that that idea of a one human race was very much based around American exceptionalism. And uh, how we're going to do everything as America. And then, you know, all the little people will just, they'll be guests. That would make sense. And we kind of did that with ISS. And then we told China, fuck off. We're not going to allow you up here because you'll steal our shit. That everything broke down. And then China said, well, fuck you. We make all your shit. We're going to steal it anyway. And now we're going to make our own. Right. It all starts there anyway. I don't mean, (laughs) don't we realize this yet? But I think it starts a lot of times in California, but it gets sure as hell gets manufactured in China. Right. And they can add in whatever the hell they yeah. want. Yeah. And, and even like chips is a big thing. Remember all the chips shortages with cars. So I, I just read an article Hodge the best. Ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I just read an article, uh, in one of the, uh, chip, uh, magazines that are talking about how, Apparently, there's a chip shortage right now for Patriot missiles. Like, we can't make them because there's not enough chips available. So we got the missiles, but we just don't have the brain. Well, we got the explosive bits just fine. Yeah, we just don't have the chips that are made in China. 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 Don't worry, Donald Trump's going to bring us all back to greatness. What, out of prison? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. Everybody knows this is a big joke. There's it, totally going to be a perp walk. I can't wait to see that. Little wall. It's uh, the information on that already is intriguing. Mm-hmm. Being that the secret service has already made it clear that they're not leaving his side through any of this. 
So yeah, it's they're like, going to be in prison with them. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It'd be like uh, whatever you think you're doing. Well, New York doesn't hold anybody. So I mean, it's really they'll bring them in. Oh, the oh whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, hold on. Don't That's you know about true. New York? They hold New York holds everybody convicted of a hate crime. <laughs> and right. this sure as hell seems like a hate crime when you're paying a hooker off. Oh yeah, that obviously. I think that's yeah. very clear. And I, I'm still not clear on who exactly was in New York when this happened. I think it must have been Trump's lawyer because Trump Maybe. wasn't in New York. Right. And the hooker sure as hell wasn't, <laughs> wasn't in New York. In New York. But, you know, so we, who was in New York? Maybe the payments happened through a bank in New York. I don't know. There's something mm-hmm. that uh, from everything you hear, it's the statute yeah. of limitations is long over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's over on the actual crime but it's not over on the suppression of the crime oh of course there's that that's how they get around that they're 30 counts i mean jesus they're throwing the book at them i was so I, why isn't it 33 counts that's what i want i know right well because if it was 33 counts we'd know it's fake the fact that even ron DeSantis is like yeah i wouldn't extradite them if they asked that's no i well ron's getting some advice from people it's like dude you this is your moment to come across as being a lot more, uh, what's the word? Uh, rational. Yeah. Right. Ra- well, rational and just adult, you know, like be the parent. Yeah. The, be the adult in the room. Like you can't, you can't use the fact that the Dems are pushing against Trump to then pile on top of that against Trump. Like right, he has to would, look like backfire. he's pro Trump first and foremost, but then between the two of them, obviously he's pro himself. He is, but Due to his age, it's an interesting thing because O'Reilly was down visiting Trump like a week or two ago. Of course he was. Because they're buddies. They go back like 30 years. Mm -hmm. And he asked about the possibility of Trump DeSantis being a ticket. Mm -hmm. And Trump seemed to be intrigued by that. Where a lot of people would think, well, no, they're they're going after each other so badly right now. Although, then again, if you go back to Kamala Harris, she called Joe Biden a racist and then was on racist. the ticket. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not saying it was a wrong thing to say, mm-hmm. but the, even you know, there's that kind of infighting, and then it's like you want to be on the ticket. Oh yeah, so it would be it would be yep. interesting to me because DeSantis and Trump on a ticket together I think is a sure winner no matter what anybody thinks about any of if that would be a good well, it idea certainly or not. bring the two biggest factions together yes and there's now, really I would prefer very, that it be DeSantis and not Trump I would but, agree uh, because you know. I don't want that extra baggage at this point yeah but putting the two of them together if that is a surefire winner yeah. then DeSantis well, understands there have been a decent amount of vice presidents who just rolled right on into their own presidential yeah. terms. So well, not so many lately though. It has changed a little. What was the last George W Bush the elder? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess because, well, that was the last one. Then again, I guess you look at, unless uh, you count Joe after Barack Obama with, but he Trump didn't roll. Right. I mean, that was it. He didn't no, roll he right. Did not in. roll. He had to work for it for sure. Or well, he, well, had, to he had to run against base. Trump. The, right. He had to run against Trump, basically. He had to he had to hide in the basement while the yeah. rest of the world yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. went negative on uh, Donald on Trump. J. Trump. Yeah. But this concept <laughs> is so ridiculous. Again, whether mm-hmm. you like Trump or not, and I know a lot of people don't. Oh, my food just showed up. Looking out, you need to have some lunch or your no, your no, no. Groceries. This is my grocery delivery. The concept that 
we have a president, mm-hmm. the highest office in the land. Most people consider the United States the leader of the free world. I mean, I know yep, that's questionable yep. lately, but this is banana republic tactics when you oh, go yeah. after an ex-president for things that are not horrendous in any way, shape, or form. You look at Hillary Clinton, she paid for, there's no question, through her lawyer's firm, mm-hmm. paid for the fake Russian dossier. She was Absolutely. fined for 100%. it, but no charges were brought. No grand no. jury came up. No. no. So no, going I, I, after a guy that paid a uh, you know high-profile hooker or whatever she is, you know, uh, it's ridiculous. I think the documentary idiocracy is uh explains all this very well so everybody should watch that yeah everybody should watch it because it it is really it's a documentary from the future and it 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 talks about exactly where we are and where things are going uh and uh you know the presidency is a popularity contest that's based purely around people's emotional state towards a particular candidate and so not only is the most popular person need to be the president, but uh, ultimately it's the, the presidential election is a reality TV show. And what's a reality TV show without some mudslinging? True. And, and some uh, fake controversy thrown in there for good measure. And that's never going to change. Now that we have no. the internet, the communication systems we have, that's never going to yeah. change. Well, don't say never, because once the nukes start flying, True. Uh, a once lot of the internet goes, goes down. Away. Yeah, yeah, once the, the internet, internet goes down. Here's the thing. The internet will not go down. It's, it's built to survive a nuclear attack. Well, that's a plus. Here in the U.S. I mean, it was literally from the get-go one of the design principles. Which is why you want to go in down in the internet. Yeah, here's what is going to go down. All the data centers that are sitting on the internet. Yeah. Because I can pretty much tell you that uh, when the nukes fly, Amazon servers are not going to be running. It's Amazon's like, gotta go. Yeah. Amazon servers are, at this point, the targets. Interesting. Yeah. So you'll have internet. You won't have electricity, but you'll have the <laughs> internet. Right. Is that really helpful, though? Well, not really. I mean, it's, uh, I think a lot of people are going to die very quickly because, uh, they're not capable of sur- surviving. They're not capable of self-sustaining for a week or two with nothing, with no power, no heat, no air conditioning, no communication and no internet. The police departments are going to all leave immediately. They're not going to stick around to deal with the mess. They're, everybody's going to quit, go home, and then uh, just protect their own home. So what you're going to have are the people that can organize into gangs, into looting mobs. Yeah, Mad Max, baby. They're going, Yeah, absolutely, but without gasoline, because you can't run gas pumps without oh, electricity. And we're getting rid of all the gasoline. Yeah, well, you can't run them without electricity, and the electricity's gone. So... It's it's going to be challenging, I think, for an awful lot of people just to survive two weeks without food and water. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, you know, again, you had people there when your uh, power went out. You didn't realize your gas stoves could be lit with a match. Oh, there was tons of people. Most people did not use their stoves at all during the power outage here. I think there's a handful of us that that did but like the government just, was also telling you not to use the stove 
because your uh, your fire detector doesn't work. <laughs> Go ahead and so die. Smoke, your, sorry, smoke detector. Your smoke right. detector doesn't work, so they don't want you lighting a fire indoors. You're like, what do you mean? It's on a nine volt battery. It's fine. Mm-hmm. At least the older ones are. Yeah, the new ones are. Uh, they have batteries, but they're or they're not even batteries. They're they're like um, well, maybe they're batteries, but they're very limited use. I mean, they're not. They're not going to run for two weeks without, uh, right. With just a battery, mainly run off your house current. <laughs> yeah. They, the, the battery is basically there so that you, when you push the button, it, goes, it cuts Ooh. off the power and it, it makes noise to say, yep, battery still has some voltage. Nice. It doesn't do a whole lot beyond that. So yeah, with, you can't go to the store cause all stores are closed. There's no phones that work. There's no heat. Uh, there probably isn't any water because the water uses electric pumps. Now, who, to who, pump it into how water can you towers. keep electricity if you have a generator that's already? Yeah, stocked. if you have a generator, I mean, like Adam's got a generator at his house. And he's got go his own. However much fuel you have, and he's got his own well. But you need a lot of fuel to go weeks. Uh, you definitely need a substantial amount of fuel. Now, having solar would help. So having batteries would help, but um. You know, a generator is definitely going to use up quite a bit of fuel, but I would hope he's got at least two weeks worth. Because that's where you're going when the nukes start flying. I've got two weeks worth of fuel, <laughs> but I don't have much more than two weeks worth of fuel. Like so mine. you have a you know limited time for you to uh, find a way to take over the world or whatever oh, it, resources it, you can yeah, get. Take over the world. Good luck on that. Uh-huh. Um, hey, you got enough guns, I've heard. Nah, I've got too many guns. See, there you go. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't even want to talk about it because it's, it's, uh, I kind of went a little or, or, or the top. Like recently when there was additions or. Uh, I just kept buying guns. <laughs> like, like bit. So you stopped buying Bitcoin and you just, yeah, instead of having Bitcoin, a couple guns hundred are more bucks valuable. A month oh, by going, the way, yeah. your Bitcoin is useless because there's no electricity. Yeah. Yeah. But you could say it's right here in my little uh, wallet. It that sure I've got. is. Yeah. It'll still be there when you're dead. <laughs> You'll be, you'll be in the ground. Nothing to worry mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Nothing to worry about. But see, if you've got guns and ammo, you're in good shape. Well, you're in better shape. You still don't have electricity or food or communication or what. Are those things necessary? Really? People lived without them for a long time, but yeah. Then again, I mean, medication's it, gone. So, you know. Yeah. Medications, refrigeration's gone. All that stuff is gone. You better have a big garden. Gardens are good. Yeah. But I think what will happen is probably the first two weeks will take out a quarter of the population. Well, yeah, that would make sense. So you'll have a lot of corpses. You'll have contaminated water. You'll have to learn how to burn those corpses for fuel. Yeah. Yeah. They don't burn all that well. There's too much water in them. Damn it. Uh Uh-huh. Guess you just um, have to get rid of them in another way. Send them into space. Will we have the ability to still launch right. the satellite? Just launch them into space. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of these, strategy. a lot of these things just become a lot more difficult because even even if you're not anywhere near any actual nukes and you're not worried about the uh, radiation, um, for whatever reason, and and by the way, these could be very similar events even if they the only nukes that explode are in the air and uh 
essentially as um, uh, EMPs, creating EMPs with them instead of uh, hitting the ground. Because EMPs, uh, like if you use a nuke to create an EMP, you're detonating in in the atmosphere. You're creating way, way, way less uh, radioactive material. So there's very little radioactive danger from an EMP nuke, but your infrastructure is going to be damaged to hell. Now, after the uh, nukes start flying, will I be able to fuck Adriana Lima? Well, do you have one in the basement? No. That's the real question. No, uh, I guess that would be the important part. The, the important bit is to get her to the basement before the nukes start flying. Yes, you've got to be prepared. Yeah. Yeah, then you can fuck whatever you, you have. Unre- unrelenting is not advocating. No. Kidnapping now, supermodels. Are you, if you're suggesting that <laughs> Adriana Lima come to your house because she's starving and, and that your house is the only place with food, maybe that's a way to get her. Right. So, so having food. But I think I think trade of food and water for sex is going to happen within the first week. Oh, uh, probably within the first 35 minutes. <laughs> it could be. Could be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because uh, as people that literally have, I mean, that's the thing. It's like all your money is in the bank. So that's all gone. All of your Bitcoin's gone. All your water's gone. All your food's gone. Well, you've got you know, water. There's no pressure in the lines. So you can't bring any water to your house. Uh, food, whatever's in your fridge is what you got forever. So better make it last. Um, well, unless you can get to that grocery store for one last binge. You you can break into the grocery store, but you're gonna have to do that day one, right? Because their power's out, so their all the refrigerated stuff's gonna start going. Well, back. yeah, you just need cans, refrigerated stuff, yes. except beyond a day or two, you're done. Yeah, well, I mean, some stuff like you could take cheese and you can leave that out uh, without putting it in the fridge. It'll just not taste as good, but it's still it'll last. Well, now how will we get our podcast out to the masses? Hmm. That's the real question. Well, luckily, I still have my ham radio license. <laughs> Fire that baby up. So, yeah. Uh, and I've got a satellite phone, which satellites still work. So as long as I have power to the sat phone, that'll still work. You will need your solar power to keep that going. Well, I've got that. And I also have a very interesting device that generates electricity from boiling water. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So as long so as I you can- have fire, you could have electricity. As long as I have fire and water, I have electricity. See, and these are the kind of how one is created. This is the kind of information people come to unrelenting for. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess they don't really come, but yeah. I want to thank uh, Sir Truck Driver for coming in with his monthly 565, keeping this show afloat one person at a time. Nice. Well, he's the only guy that's going to survive the apocalypse. True. Well, he's going to have the big rig, too. So he's going to be out there doing his thing. Yeah. And so if you have a big rig, I would dump the trailer pretty much immediately to conserve your gasoline, which you won't be able to refuel. And then, uh, you know, the roads will be mostly empty. So you'll you'll be able to head off to wherever you want to go, where you think there's going to be better opportunities way up in the mountains somewhere yeah and i i would expect that without a a trailer hooked up you get pretty decent mileage get at least 10 miles per gallon on the big rig maybe more 
We do have a couple of boostograms. See, Brooklyn says uh, 5,000 sats. This boost will do you no good where we're going. Well, that's true. That's totally true. These this little uh, Satoshis will be sitting right there with the big Bitcoins mm-hmm. yep. and will be unable to spend them. Yeah. And net Ned with 3333 Satoshis. I love, unfortunately, with Derek O and Sir What's-His-Name. It is a great show. I agree. Tell a friend. Where yeah, else can totally you get this interweaving that. organic conversation that you get here? I don't think I've ever heard a podcast that has this type of conversation. Which it's is, almost like we're a podcast about nothing. Maybe. It's almost like uh, we, we either hit something with genius or it's the worst show ever. And we should spell genius with G-E-N-E. That's how I spell it. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, next Friday, I do have another dentist appointment. Yay. Of course you do. And it's Easter weekend. So we've kind of gone to a one, once a month show. Well, twice. And then you wonder why we don't get any money. Or we can, uh, it's possible I can push that one just to later in the day if you're available mm-hmm. next week because it's just uh, putting the the actual crown on. And oh, yeah. I think taking the crown on the bottom off and putting a temporary there to see if uh, mm. if that alleviates the issues I'm still having there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we could try that. Sure. I mean, what I say to the dentist, they're like, we need to see you in two weeks. I'm like, okay, when? They're like, Friday. It's like, okay. I don't complain, man. I can't be like, I got to do a podcast that nobody's really? paying for. That's, I definitely say that. Well, it's like, well, I can't do it Thursdays because I've got a real show on thursday so i've got that i mean i could do wednesdays because really who listens to grumpy old ben's yeah exactly but for some reason they they like the fridays at the dentist i don't know Well, what the hell show do you have on thursday the rock and roll pre-show oh i guess yeah you can't miss that no no that's the that's the no there's like i heard there's like two thousand listeners the other day there was yeah well yesterday on the uh, no agenda over two thousand on a thursday which surprising Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, that was surprising. Up a few hundred, which is good. Shows people are tuning in. I mm. do think that while the podcasting 2.0 stuff is as of yet not really changing how much in donations are coming in because of the built-in Satoshi ability, and we thank the people that use that, I think where it is making a difference is once you get somebody to install those apps and mm-hmm. subscribe to your show, when you go live, they get a notification. So I think there's a lot of people who would otherwise forget on a Thursday and Sunday for no agenda that the show's starting at 1 p.m. Central. I think the fact that your phone goes, oh, no agenda. Why would started. your phone go, boop? It buzzes. Like, you know, from what? From the notification you would get from whatever app you were using. Oh, I've got multiple 2.0 apps on my phone. None of them buzz. They should a few. I think there's a setting in there. If you, it will oh. notify you when they go live, hmm. which is helpful if you want to listen really? to shows live. Yes. Is that a setting? I don't recall that being a setting. I have never done it, but Adam says it works. I believe um, him. Who is Adam like, Curry? We tried to answer that on the last episode. Well, I, of I, I, I thought I answered that question when I had him on and did an interview. You did an interview with Adam. I did. Did anybody listen? No. <laughs> That's kind of the problem, right? Well, I I didn't really do it for anybody. I did it for me. But let Gene, somebody out there has to know which app can Gene use that when a bat signal goes out for no agenda or this show or any show that's live and sending out the lit tag. Podverse, which is the one I normally use. And Podverse should do it. Um, Because that's where I send in the pod ping. It doesn't buzz anything, so I'm not sure why. Maybe there's a setting in there. Because it shows you the live stream. If you go to the Podverse website, they show you the 
current shows that are live, including right now, I'm right really? there, unrelenting. Yes, it says no agenda is live right now, but it, no agenda is not live. Well, that's what it says. I don't know. Podcast Addict Pfeiffer says works for push notification. So at least Podcast Addict has them. Okay. All right. I'm not sure where if Podverse has that in their system, I would think. But either way, if you find one that does. Yeah. If you find, if Podverse has it, then somebody let me know how the hell to turn it on. Because that is helpful. It's helpful to know when your favorite shows are Um, going live. That way more people tune in. Membership? The hell? I haven't played with this app for a while. They keep on Uh, adding stuff. Yeah. 18 bucks a year. Hmm. It's not bad. For what? For the for the podverse. Okay. I thought that was part of the fees that were paid with sats when you do donations is that the app itself charges something. The when you send in a boostergram through Podverse, they do have the they default to, I think, a fifty Satoshi boost over to them, but you can change that. Mm -hmm. But I know because of the whole thing of of pod pinging, I got like a lifetime license from the dude over at podverse you could just ask there i'm sure you've had him on your show when you do all that and maybe that would give you the ability if there if that is part of the premium tell him you got a show and you're pod pinging baby Mm -hmm. we are trying to help that ecosystem and support the apps that you used and support the shows that you listen to and it's a beautiful thing absolutely it's uh it's well worth it so is Adam on then uh, for uh, podcasting 2.0 now? I be- do believe that is coming up very shortly on the yeah, mighty like, No uh, Agenda Stream. Eight minutes. Noagendastream.com is where you can go to trollroom.io. Mm-hmm. Gets you into the troll room to troll along for No Agenda, Unrelenting, Podcasting 2.0, and a lot of different shows. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting how both you and Adam sound different with your mouth work. Well, he had a lot more. That's for damn oh, sure. Okay, well, he sounds more different. Fair enough. That was probably why he had more work. But I, I don't like. Here's what's interesting to me is, it's not like you just had a tooth removed, right? Correct. You had a, or whatever was done was you had a replacement put in. I did now. Yeah, the other last week. Uh, the, the temporary did fall off, and I had that yeah. during, uh, I think, just uh, during Grumpy Old Ben's. Yeah, yeah. Which was weird. It, even though it's Careful in the back. eating. That's what I would say. Careful eating shit, because I've swallowed one of those before. <laughs> You're like, whoa. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was, I, it was like mashed potatoes I was very or something. nervous. I was, I was like, man, I'm not going to enjoy having this come out. <laughs> right, right. But I didn't even notice, like. Going Nothing. down, no problem. Because you're like, I take pills and supplements bigger I, than this. Apparently, my my stomach acid dissolves everything. <laughs> nice, including teeth, which I I guess technically makes total sense because what do they tell you? Don't eat sugar because it gets that acid on your teeth that causes cavities. Right, it's going to just go your, away. Your teeth dissolve pretty quickly. Well, apparently, the fake ones do as well. Probably, especially well, uh, the fake ones I think are temporary. You know, the ones that are temporary. Yeah, because the one that what popped out made? of my They're mouth, not plastic. Yeah, the one that popped out was a permanent crown that was just reattached yeah. by the yeah, yeah, endodontist. Yeah. Right. The one that's in there now at first for like the first day and a half felt like chalk because whatever they must make these things right. out of. It's kind of uh, smoothed down now, but that will have the permanent crown in there. On, uh, so like chalk, so it's, it's made of uh, limestone? Kind of. It's kind of, of limestone tooth. Maybe. 
what I don't know what they make it out of. You know, of. the fancy teeth people used to get back in the olden days uh, were made of rubies. Ooh, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good look. Yeah, I think so. Or solid gold. I mean, maybe alternating solid gold and ruby. Oh, yeah. My sister had gold teeth. Um, yeah, that it's a it's a little too much, I think, to have gold teeth. Now, see, I'm thinking that could be the ISO for the beginning of the show, too. My sister My had, sister gold, had teeth gold teeth because people would be like, Gangster what, life. Right, what the hell is Gene talking about? Which people uh-huh. ask a lot on this show and on Sir Gene Speaks and on the good old boy show. What's Gene talking about? Right. What the hell is Gene talking Gene's about? Gene's been around the block a few times, guys. Gene's been beaten with a stick while being walked around the block a few times. No question about it. So, you know, uh-huh. when your food's not like melting. Your coffee, ice cream, Hagen does. It probably, melting. yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, the sooner we get wrapped up, the better it is so I can get my food. Well, we thank everybody for listening. There won't be a live show at the normal time next week, but look for us in your RSS feed. We may be able to record one while that other podcasting 2.0 shows on. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm totally up for doing a pre-recorded episode and just playing on the time. We can play it when the players need to play or something. So either way, thanks for hanging with us. We'll see you next week and uh, keep all your teeth. I mean, it's preferred to keep all your teeth. No one is afraid of Russians.